O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, May 16th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures, and from the King James for the Bread Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion. Naso, and it means elevate. Numbers four twenty-one to forty-nine. Hashem spoke to Moses. Take a census of the Gershonites also by their ancestral house and by their clans. Record them from the age of 30 years up to the age of 50, all who are subject to service in the performance of tasks for the tent of meeting. These are the duties of the Gershonite clans as to the labor and porterage. They shall carry the cloths of the Mishkan, the tent of meeting with its covering, the covering of dolphin skin that is on top of it, and the screen for the entrance of the tent of meeting the hangings of the enclosure, the screen at the entrance of the gate of the enclosure that surrounds the Mishkan, the cords thereof, and the altar, and all their service equipment, and all their accessories, and they shall perform the service. All the duties of the Gershonites, all their porterage, and all their service shall be performed on orders from Aaron and his sons. You shall make them responsible for attending to all their porterage. Those are the duties of the Gershonite clans for the tent of meeting. They shall attend to them under the direction of Itamar, son of Aaron the Kohen. 
As for the Merarites, you shall record them by the clans of their ancestral house. You shall record them from the age of 30 years up to the age of 50, all who are subject to service in the performance of the duties for the tent of meeting. These are their porterage tasks in connection with their various duties for the tent of meeting, the planks, the bars, the posts, and the sockets of the Mishkan the posts around the enclosure and their sockets, pegs, and cords. All these furnishings and their service, you shall list by name the objects that are their porterage tasks. Those are the duties of the Merarite clans pertaining to their various duties in the tent of meeting under the direction of Itamar, son of Aaron the Kohen. So Moses, Aaron, and the chieftains of the community recorded the Kohathites by the clans of their ancestral house, from the age of 30 years up to the age of 50, all who were subject to service for work relating to the tent of meeting. Those recorded by their clans came to 2,750. That was the enrollment of the Kohathite clans, all those who performed duties relating to the tent of meeting, whom Moses and Aaron recorded at the command of Hashem through Moses. The Gershonites who were recorded by the clans of their ancestral house, from the age of 30 years up to the age of 50, all who were subject to service for work relating to the tent of meeting. Those recorded by the clans of their ancestral house came to 2,630. That was the enrollment of the Gershonite clans, all those performing duties relating to the tent of meeting whom Moses and Aaron recorded at the command of Hashem. The enrollment of the Merarite clans by the clans of their ancestral house. From the age of 30 years up to the age of 50, all who were subject to service for work relating to the tent of meeting, those recorded by their clans came to 3,200. That was the enrollment of the Merarite clans which Moses and Aaron recorded at the command of Hashem through Moses. All the Leviim whom Moses, Aaron, and the chieftains of Israel recorded by their clans of their ancestral houses, from the age of thirty years up to the age of fifty, all who were subject to duties of service and porterage relating to the tent of meeting. Those recorded came to 8,580. Each one was given responsibility for his service and porterage at the command of Hashem through Moses, and each was recorded as Hashem had commanded Moses. 1 Samuel 18, 5-19-24 David went out with the troops, and he was successful in every mission on which Saul sent him. And Saul put him in command of all the soldiers. This pleased all the troops and Saul's courtiers as well. When the troops came home and David returned from killing the Philistine, the women of all the towns of Israel came out singing and dancing to greet King Saul with timbrels, shouting, and sistrums. The women sang as they danced and they chanted, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. Saul was much distressed and greatly vexed about the matter. For he said, To David they have given tens of thousands, and to me they have given thousands. All that he lacks is the kingship. From that day on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The next day an evil spirit of Hashem gripped Saul, and he began to rave in the house while David was playing the lyre, as he did daily. Saul had a spear in his hand, and Saul threw the spear, thinking to pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. 
Saul was afraid of David, for Hashem was with him and had turned away from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and appointed him chief of a thousand to march at the head of the troops. David was successful in all his undertakings, for Hashem was with him. And when Saul saw that he was successful, he dreaded him. All Israel and Judah loved David, for he marched at their head. Saul said to David, Here is my older daughter, Merab. I will give her to you in marriage. In return, you be my warrior and fight the battles of Hashem. Saul thought, Let not my hand strike him. Let the hand of the Philistines strike him. David replied to Saul, Who am I, and what is my life, my father's family in Israel, that I should become your majesty's son-in-law? But at the time that Merab, daughter of Saul, should have been given to David, she was given in marriage to Adriel the Meholathite. Now Michael, Michelle, daughter of Saul, had fallen in love with David, and when this was reported to Saul, he was pleased. Saul thought, I will give her to him, and she can serve as a snare for him, so that the Philistines may kill him. So Saul said to David, You can become my son-in-law even now through the second one. And Saul instructed his courtiers to say to David privately, The king is fond of you, and all his courtiers like you, so why not become the king's son-in-law? When the king's courtiers repeated these words to David, David replied, Do you think that becoming the son-in-law of a king is a small matter when I am but a poor man of no consequence? Saul's courtiers reported to him. This is what David answered. Saul said, Say this to David, The king desires no other bride price than the foreskins of a hundred Philistines as vengeance on the king's enemies. Saul intended to bring about David's death at the hands of the Philistines. When his courtiers told this to David, David was pleased with the idea of becoming the king's son-in-law. Before the time had expired, David went out with his men and killed two hundred Philistines. David brought their foreskins, and they were counted out for the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. Saul then gave him his daughter, Michelle, in marriage. When Saul realized that Hashem was with David and that Michelle, daughter of Saul, loved him, Saul grew still more afraid of David, and Saul was David's enemy ever after. The Philistine chiefs marched out to battle, and every time they marched out, David was more successful than all the other officers of Saul. His reputation soared. Saul urged his son Jonathan and all his courtiers to kill David. But Saul's son Jonathan was very fond of David, and Jonathan told David, My father Saul is bent on killing you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning, get to a secret place, and remain in hiding. I will go out and stand next to my father in the field where you will be, and I will speak to my father about you. If I learn anything, I will tell you. So Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul. He said to him, Let not your majesty wrong his servant David, for he has not wronged you. Indeed, all his actions have been very much to your advantage. He took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine, and Hashem wrought a very great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then should you incur the guilt of shedding the blood of an innocent man killing David without cause? Saul hated Jonathan's plea, and Saul swore, As Hashem lives, he shall not be put to death. Jonathan called David, and Jonathan told him all this. 
Then Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he served him as before. Fighting broke out again. David went out and fought the Philistines. He inflicted a great defeat upon them, and they fled before him. Then an evil spirit of Hashem came upon Saul while he was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing the lyre. Saul tried to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he eluded Saul so that he drove the spear into the wall. David fled and got away. That night Saul sent messengers to David's home to keep watch on him and to kill him in the morning. But David's wife Michelle told him, Unless you run for your life tonight, you will be killed tomorrow. Michelle let David down from the window, and he escaped and fled. Michelle then took the household idol, laid it on the bed, and covered it with a cloth, and at its head she put a net of goat's hair. Saul sent messengers to seize David, but she said, He is sick. Saul, however, sent back the messengers to see David for themselves. Bring him up to me in the bed, he ordered, that he may be put to death. When the messengers came, they found the household idol in the bed with the net of goat's hair at its head. Saul said to Michelle, Why did you play that trick on me and let my enemy get away safely? Because, Michelle answered Saul, he said to me, Help me get away or I'll kill you. David made good his escape, and he came to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. He and Samuel went and stayed at Naoth. Saul was told that David was at Naoth and Ramah, and Saul sent messengers to seize David. They saw a band of Nevi'im speaking in ecstasy with Samuel standing by as their leader. And the Spirit of Hashem came upon Saul's messengers, and they too began to speak in ecstasy. When Saul was told about this, he sent other messengers, but they too spoke in ecstasy. Saul sent a third group of messengers, and they also spoke in ecstasy. So he himself went to Ramah. When he came to the great cistern at Seku, he asked, Where are Samuel and David? And was told that they were at Naoth and Ramah. He was on his way there to Naoth and Ramah when the Spirit of Hashem came upon him too, and he walked on speaking in ecstasy until he reached Naoth and Ramah. Then he too stripped off his clothes, and he too spoke in ecstasy before Samuel, and he lay naked all that night and day. That is why people say is Saul too among the Nevi'im. John 8 31 to 51. Then said Yeshua to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How do you say you shall be made free? Yeshua answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abides not in the house forever, but the Son abides forever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Yeshua said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. 
But now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Yeshua said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convince me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. Then answered the Jews and said to him, Say we not well that you are a Samaritan and have a devil? Yeshua answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my Father, and you do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeks and judges. Verily, verily, I say unto you, If a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews to him, Now we know that you have a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and you say, If a man keeps my sayings, he shall never taste of death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom do you make yourself? Yeshua answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honors me, of whom you say that I, that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and I keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and you have seen Abraham? Yeshua said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to cast at him, but Yeshua hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Psalm 112, 1-10 Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man shows favor and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Proverbs 15, 12-14 
A scorner loves not one that reproves him, neither will he go unto the wise. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him that has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. Please enjoy this beautiful worship song. Be exalted, O God.
Vish Mareka Yayah Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Yisa Adonai Anav Hileka Vayaseleka Leka Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>